How you guys doing? My name's Nate. I am uh, starting this podcast for a couple of different reasons. Um, I'm a single father. I've been fighting for custody of my children for about four years now. Um, I have a five-year-old, a four-year-old. They are both two little girls, and I have a one-year-old son, which uh, that battle is actually the worst. Um, I just want to speak with you about a couple different things throughout the series. I'm going to have a bunch of people on here, uh, custody lawyers, custody advocates, um, we're going to have some people come on the show, tell you what happened with them, do's and don'ts of what they did, what they have done, what they wish they have done, and we will go from there. I'm just going to get into some things real quick about where I am from, uh, how our court system does things, and what people do to negatively impact the decisions of the judge. Um... Long story short, I am in a little county in Altoona, Pennsylvania called Blair County. Um, Here, unfortunately, it feels and seems and is proven that the custody of the mother comes first, uh, regardless of the situation. Um, Both parents have full-time jobs, make almost the same amount of money. The father owns a house, the mother has a place to live. Um, situations like that and unfortunately nine times out of ten the judge will actually rule in the uh, females favor Um, a little thing about Blair County also is the females males both um, in order to get an upper hand in custody they do play what we call the PFA game Um, pretty much they get an emergency PFA Um, it covers the child um, it makes things difficult if the child is not covered with uh, visitations and such. Uh, so we'll go back to the square one and we will explain um, the steps that are taking here in Blair County, which give m- the majority of the people the upper hand in the situation. So step one, pretty much what the female will do, you know, you get into a little argument, things are over. Um, they will actually... You know, this isn't a generalized statement towards all females. I'm just stating on my behalf, on my experience, what has happened to me, uh, what has happened to my friends, what have happened to other people that came to me for advice. Um, So, you know, there's a little dispute amongst yourselves, uh, you and the child's mother. Um, Next thing you know, you're getting paperwork or a phone call. Uh, The police station has a PFA they would like to serve you. Uh, In our county, Blair County, um, most judges would rather be safe than sorry. So safer than sorry. Um, That's a major role playing. um, It plays a major role in the custody situation for the main fact of the mother is usually awarded custody until that PFA, protection from abuse, goes in front of the judge. So, again, for example, um, me and the mother, we get into a fight. She gets a emergency PFA, which a, gr- a judge grants pretty much automatically if they feel that you are in danger of any sort. Um, the reason why they will not decline these usually is because, you know, if I would or if the male would happen to go hurt the female, then, you know, their hands are dirty and they should have... 
um, essentially approve that PFA. Uh, so going forward, um, nine times out of 10 on the PFA, you have to write and explain the situation and why you are going for one of these. Um, in my instance, she made false allegations stating that I caused physical harm towards her and the baby. Um, so obviously the judge is going to grant that if, uh, you know, the judge thinks that there is possibilities that I or the father could hurt the mother or child or children. Uh, so going forward, the PFA is in effect. You are served paperwork and um, then you are given a date to go in front of a judge and both sides have the um, opportunity to explain each side of their story and sort things out from there. In my situation, um, the PFA hearing was about about a month and a half out so um if you're unlucky like i am unfortunate i guess um the judge will actually include the children in the pfa for the mother so you know this whole entire time you have to go days weeks months without seeing your children over a false allegation and um, in turn which will lead to our next uh, topic of discussion that will actually give the mother upper hand when going for custody so um, you know a little argument whether it's hey you know you shouldn't have done this in our relationship you shouldn't have done this or a simple argument whether hey they're taking the coffee table whatever it may be uh, it'll stem into a PFA the mother will go for a PFA, you won't see your children for a couple weeks, days, months, whatever it may be, and you are on to step two. Step two of this whole situation um, is the actual PFA hearing. So um, usually the judge does give some options, um, your lawyer, her lawyer, you know, the child's mother's lawyer, whatever. Um, they will actually discuss, you know, should this PFA stick? Is this just an argument PFA like we see the majority of the time? Or what is it? Um, now, nine times out of ten, um, the mother has already gone and uh, filed the paperwork for a custody hearing. So um, what they will do is both parties will discuss a resolution for this. Obviously, in my situation, I wanted to see my children. Uh, my children, were, um, they were included in the PFA, and going from there, that was my main focus, was to see my children. Now, I had to wait about a month, maybe a month and a half. It's been a couple years, so I can't recall exactly, but I definitely know it was at least a month. Um, so the judge, um, if a PFA... They think it should stick after hearing both sides of the story. They'll give you like a one year, three year, four year. I'm not sure if it goes up to five years, um, but they do have different years for, you know, different scenarios. Um, but going forward, in my situation and in most situations, my friends, family, people that have came to me about or for help um, regarding custody, um, what has happened is they go for their PFA hearing, the judge hears their stories, um, and it's not a secret, you know, the judge has seen this multiple times throughout the year, the mother gets a PFA on the father, the children are included in the PFA, yada, yada, yada. Um, in my instance, like I was stating, um, the judge will actually keep the PFA in effect, but drop the children off of the PFA until the custody hearing. So in Blair County, um, it might vary, I'm sure it does, between county and county, state to state, but in my county it was about two months after she filed the paperwork that we got into um, a courtroom to talk to the judge. So 
She filed a PFA making false allegations. Um, the judge on call granted the emergency PFA. We got into a courtroom and the judge heard both sides of the story. Uh, the judge granted my request by dropping the children off of the PFA and hence going forward the judge stated that the PFA between me and the mother's, ch um, the child's mothers, um, will actually stay until the day of the custody hearing. Um, so that would bring us to step two of this current situation scenario that most females in my area use. Again, I'm not saying that all females do this, but this is what we are battling with as single fathers in the county of Blair. So step three is going through the custody court system. Now, this is actually, again, you have to jump through hoops with this as well. It's a waiting game. Um, Blair County makes you do what they call um, three mediation sessions. So you sit down with a mediator, you and the child's mother, and you try to come to an agreement. Now, hopefully this works for some of you. Um, again, though, 90% of the time it does not work. So I asked for 50-50. The mother said no. The mediator jumped in and said, well, is there anything else that you want to settle for? I stated, it's only fair that I see my kid 50% of the time like the mother. Uh, the mother didn't agree, so on to mediation number two. Um, keep in mind, in this scenario, until there is an order or agreement, you're still not seeing your children. So going forward, after weeks of not seeing my child, we're on to step number two of the mediation process, which is, again, the same thing as the first one. So we sit down at the second mediation, we're talking, we're discussing, and at this point, I just want to see my daughter. So I settle for my days off. That's all I want was to see my daughter. So unfortunately, I had to settle for less than what I wanted just to see my child, which a male, a female, a mother, a father, they should have never been put in that situation to begin with, and both parties should have equal say on the matter. Now, with mediation, I don't agree with it due to this instance. If the mother says no, the mediator is not a judge, therefore, they cannot step in and say otherwise. So... Going forward with the mediator, I agreed to Tuesday, Wednesday, which were just my days off at the time, um, and I was able to see my daughter starting immediately from there. Um, and then, you know, you do have the option, you can go to the third mediation, which I did. Again, I offered 50-50 up on the table, and she declined. So, at that point, me and my lawyer, we filed for a hearing in front of the judge, and that is step four of this process. So step four, um, weeks later, since this whole situation started, which is actually months later, um, you are finally placed in front of the judge for what they call a hearing. So at a hearing, you're going to have the plaintiff, the defendant, nine times out of 10 in our county, the plaintiff is the mother because she has the child in her custody. Therefore, she does go for the paperwork and file it. Um, now, in this instance, it doesn't matter which party files it. The party that files is um, responsible for the fees, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you are going to be granted the majority of the custody. Um, so she happened to file. We went in front of a judge. From there, you know, we had the character witnesses. The judge got on the stand, heard um, both sides of our story, where we worked, what we did, what our hours were, and different aspects of our lives, which would help him choose what 
the amount of time the child you know would um, spend with each parent so um, in my situation like I was saying um, at that time I was given just my days off so Tuesday Wednesday and that was it uh, and obviously what father would be happy with that um, so going forward um, furthermore the judge you know was discussing with me my work schedule why I feel like I needed to have my daughter more you know a couple different things um, you know that was brought up were actually ruled in her favor um, for example I had a 3 to 11 full-time job and um, you know we could get mandated into third shift um, so the the judge didn't grant me 50 50 for the sole fact of hey you know what if you get stuck overnight who's gonna take care of the child then and you know I did state you know I could have on call childcare my family would help uh, he did not want to hear that so they don't want to hear about anyone else but the mother and the father so unfortunately in my instance he did um, add a couple hours to the previous the, um, the first the prior day in which I would get them so I got her Monday evening until Wednesday morning Wednesday afternoon um, she did start school so that changed a little bit. I got her off the bus Monday, put her on the bus Wednesday, and then I had her every other Saturday. Um, so going forward, you know, that was a step in the right direction. Um, but back to step one in which I was discussing, um, he did want to know what past practice we followed was. So um, going forward um, at this question, you know, um, my child's mother was able to answer, I have my daughter. The majority of the time I had her a hundred percent of the time for a couple months after the fact when we separated um, now does my attempts of seeing my child um, mean anything uh, my texts asking how my child is doing mean anything um, for my instance it did not matter um, it pretty much matter the only thing that mattered was who had the child more previously and that PFA since the child was involved and covered by the PFA and protected by the PFA um, that actually helped her out immensely in the process of getting the majority of the custody like she was asking um, for some reason she did not want me to have 50 50 um, which will lead on to the next um, topic of discussion maybe down the road in a different series um, but steps one through four brings us up to speed and um, you know we'll go through some options here um, you know what not to do what to do um, but again starting from scratch long story short uh, steps one custody or uh, PFA step two PFA hearing step three mediation step four custody hearing uh, which brings us up to speed on some things that I want to discuss as in do's and don'ts um, one thing that the judges do not like seeing is alienation strategies. So anytime you're going to talk bad about the other um, side of the um, case. So anytime that you talk bad about the mother, um, anything like um, bad mouthing the mother while you're on stand, anything like that, anything that states that you do not get along with the opposite side. Um, so... You want to um, be as cooperative as possible with a judge, but you want to be brutally honest and, you know, you want to list her weaknesses, your weaknesses, um, 
your strength, her strength, reasons why you should have the child, reasons why she should have the child, and the judge is more often than not going to grant 50-50 if both parties do get along. Um, you know, sometimes parents just don't get along, and, you know, whether they have some type of um, vengeful attitude towards one another, uh, whatever it may be, I know it's hard for you to get along with an ex-spouse or an ex-partner, but you got to work out a temporary custody plan that will work until you get in front of the judge. Um, now, you can make a list of bargaining chips. You can say, you know, hey, I will let you have baby whatever on their birthday, but... You know, since that's such a big um, celebration, I want them an extra day throughout the week or something of that sort. Now, um, anything that helps the child will be in the favor of you and the op opposition. So, um, you know, if you guys get along, you can share time with the child. That is great. So you definitely going in front of a judge. You want to hear and listen to the um, opposing side. But even furthermore, if you guys can get along before going in front of the judge, that's a major do. That is not a don't. Um, a don't, though, definitely making allegations. Um, making allegations that can be proven wrong um, is an even bigger no. Um, so if you get up and start refuting potential allegations and the judge sees like, Hey, you know, the mother is actually lying or the father's making accusations about the mother. That's not true. Um, you know, he's saying that the child was never offered to him on this said day, but she has text messages saying otherwise, anything like that that can actually bury you deeper and try to, um, actually hurt your case or your side of things, that's obviously a don't. You don't want that. Um, going forward, any lists of witnesses that you can make to refute potential allegations that are made against you, um, so if you're not, um, taking care of the child according to her, like, um, you know, medically, you're having issues taking care of the child, you're, the child's getting diaper rashes, it's just not being, you know, the child's not being watched appropriately, anything like that, that you can refute, you need to do. So any list of witnesses, your parents, your babysitter, the school, anything like that that can help your case, you need to have on your side, subpoena them, have it in documents, anything like that. Um, so keeping documents is a major plus. I recommend it. I have notebooks, journals, calendars, you name it written out so you can use those in court so going forward you need to have your calendars filled out when you pick the kid up when you drop the kid off what the baby ate when it was changed anything like that you need to have so um a calendar print out a blank one i'm sure there's freecalendar.com anything like that i'm sure um you can just make yourself print it out but you need a blank one so you can write it in fill it in or if you're you know technological savvy write it up on an excel sheet spreadsheet whatever it is print it out that day make a couple copies for her the lawyer the judge whoever else um and you know that'll definitely help out in your favor it shows not only do you care but you're proving that you can take care of that child um another thing i have done was a journal 
Uh, anything that she said to me negatively, anything that I've seen her doing wrong during transitions, visitations, anything that she has done when the, she has had the child in her custody, but she was choosing to do something else, maybe like going out every single night, um, you know, things like that you would want to write in your journal. Now, does a judge care that a 24-year-old mother goes out once a weekend or, you know, once a month? Probably not because that's not illegal. Now, is the judge dropping your child off the majority of the time when, you know, your mother, the mother of the child is supposed to have the child? That's something that he's going to care about. He's going to want to know what I should do and who I should award the majority of the custody to who takes care of this child. Um, so uh, another thing that is um, a major role that plays into this is communication. So communication is probably the most help, but it can be the biggest downfall also. So, um, you know, whatever you're doing, if you're playing games, I personally suggest you not play games. It's only going to hurt you. It's only going to hurt the child. And it's probably going to hurt the possibility or chances of you getting the amount of custody that you want. So don't be texting the mother. Hey, you bitch, you know, how's my kid doing that? You won't let me see stuff like that. Do not do that. Hey, you know, how so and so how's he doing? Is he crawling? Is he walking? How's he doing in school? Things like that. Um, so you really need to communicate. Like I said, communication is going to be key. If you can communicate and actually agree on things and be civil with one another, your chances of 50-50 and seeing your child more, that it's just going to bump up and up. And then, the, you know, the judge is going to say, you know, you two can be mature. You're both getting along. And, you know, I, I see no reason why you both cannot see your child the same amount of time. Um, now, like I said, there's a positive side of communication and then there's a negative side of communication. I already stated, you know, don't be calling the child's mother uh, any names or being hostile towards her. But you want everything in writing. Um, and again, if you have everything in writing, she's going to have everything in writing. I stuck to texts. I didn't answer phone calls and I kept every single picture that she ever sent me or I took screenshots of everything that she sent me. So, um, you know, I've been accused of, um, the baby having rashes and things like that on the skin or, you know, cuts on the face, just silly things like that, that she claimed that I sent the baby home to her, like in that condition. And I took pictures of the baby prior to sending um, the baby back to her, his mother. Uh, so, you know, just documenting things, communicating properly, those are definitely going to help you in um, building your case for child support. So, again, um, you know, this is just a 22-minute uh, small little segment. I just wanted to wrap it up. I wanted to just dive headfirst into something right off the bat, see if I can get any of your attention. This is going to be a series. I'm going to have some people on the show. You know, we're going to have, um, you know, discussions about um, random topics. But, you know, we're going to definitely keep it about um, an aspect of a single father fighting for the custody and the love and the attention and whatever else it is that you would want to receive from your children. That's what this show is going to be about. That's what this podcast is going to be about. And, um, you know, we're going to open up, um, some accounts so you can communicate with us. Um, I say us because I'm going to involve a lot more people than just myself. And, you know, we're going to go from there. 
Um, but the next topic we're going to figure out, um, maybe we're going to dig deeper in uh, parental alienation or um, maybe some more do's and don'ts with custody, child custody, winning child custody, what to do, what to do um, differently, what not to do, something of that sort. Um, but give it a couple days. Um, we're going to try to put one out at least once a month. I'm going to get some people on the line as well, and we will go from there. Um, but as of now, um, I appreciate you listening. That's just a brief little scrape of the surface that doesn't even come close to what uh, single fathers are dealing with in my area and I'm sure other areas as well. Um, but again, I appreciate you tuning in and um, I look forward to hearing from you guys. Like I said, this is all new to me. It's going to be new to you. Give us a little bit uh, to um, get things up and running a little more smoothly, get some better microphones, anything like that, that we can do differently, definitely let us know as well on our channel, uh, subscribe, like us, comment us, tell us what you want to hear, any suggestions, any help, we will definitely answer your questions every week, and, um, we will answer them to the best of the ability, uh, of our ability, now obviously we're not lawyers, so we can't give you, like, a, a like specific legal help but we can definitely tell you like hey this happened to us this is what i did this is the outcome um but again i appreciate you guys listening thank you for tuning in again my name's nate and you'll be hearing from me soon i hope i hear from you you guys have a good night